reached the Mido podcast. If you're watching or listening, I'm Ashley and I'm Megan. And today we um, just, we're going to talk with each other and we thought we would talk about uh, communication with uh, our kids and what that is like with um, at least us specifically with the Mido that both of our kids have had or have and have had. <laughs> um the, and the reason we are bringing this up is because Troy is going to be a teenager really soon. Yes. Um, so he's hitting those, those milestones that for a neurotypical child, um, I mean, it's all going to happen. It's, it, the hormones are hormones. It doesn't matter. Like they they come with you if you want them or not. <laughs> <laughs> And there's been some trials and tribulations with that and, and also the pandemic with um, not being able to do all the normal, regular things. At least that's what I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Megan? No, I agree. Um, definitely. I think with Mito kids, we are always careful with, you know, where you take them and what you expose them to just because of the illness factor and how... Um, Mito responds to illnesses, but now it's obviously much different. And there's just very, very few things that we can do and people that we can actually interact with. And so it definitely limits um, what your child is able to do and their experiences that they're able to have. So, you know, that's hard on us as parents, but it's also hard on your children as well. Um, It's a into the emotional part of it I mean yeah you you try to protect your child or family or whoever whoever it is um from getting sick but then that has a huge deal with your mental mental health of what that type of isolation is is doing Mm -hmm. but that that's regardless of the pandemic or not you you kind of go through that already with Mito because when you get that first diagnosis um that's the very first thing you do is you just start closing, not closing yourself off, but you become more protective and more careful. And um, I don't remember if I said this in an earlier podcast, but back in March, when everybody was buying like all the soap and hand sanitizer and (laughs) I was fully stocked still from when we had Angie. The second we got her diagnosis, I was like, hand sanitizer for everybody. (laughs) And that's what I got everybody for Christmas too. I was like, Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Everybody always says, you know, we own stock in wet ones because that's what we have with us 24 seven, which now we can't get at all. But (laughs) I actually not wet ones, but I finally found uh, the Kirkland Brown, a brown (laughs) Kirkland brand, um, like uh, wipes. Yeah. Eating wipes. We haven't been able to get those in forever. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I was super excited. And Andrew was like, do we need those? I'm like, I don't care. doesn't matter somebody needs them <laughs> he <needs it> forever. <laughs> and, you know, my parents just came down and they brought Clorox wipes because we can't you know we order all our groceries and we can't get them anywhere just like you said just to clean the surfaces not even that we're going outside and having to disinfect you know things that come into contact with other people I'm like just cleaning my house I need some Clorox yeah. well next time I go to Costco I will grab an extra box for you if I definitely <laughs> Yeah, my mom, it was funny because my mom was in Costco and 
uh, there was a line to the Clorox because I, I don't know if they come in on Wednesdays or what the deal is, but you can only take one. And she said, but my husband's here. And they're like, nope, one per Costco member. <laughs> I'm like, you should have just had him get in the back of the line. And <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> uh, but we digress. <laughs> so <laughs> let me talk about any subject forever, probably. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, communication. We know with a lot of the different, you know, Mito parents and kids that we have that communication either um, is difficult and that they don't speak, they're nonverbal, or um, they are able to speak, but maybe, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Um, and I think in our case, um, Troy uses sign and there are a few words that he can say, but, um, you know, it's, it's very interesting. I think even when I was with my nephew Carter and he was just talking away and talking away and I was just like, oh my gosh, I love this little, you know, his little voice. And, you know, you just, you don't realize all the things that are very difficult when you have a child that's nonverbal. And, you know, for us, especially, we just talked about Troy, I mean, he's going to be 13 in March. And right now there's definitely going through puberty and, you know, he cannot express to us so many different things. And it's just really scary as a parent when you don't know if they're hurt or if they're not feeling well. Um, I mean, obviously there are certain signs that you pay attention to, but, you know, or just different things that they want or that they don't want, or that they, you know, what they want to watch on, you know, a movie or choosing different things. It's just, you know, it's very difficult. And I think we're right now seeing a lot of that with Troy and him becoming a teenager and hormones and different things. And we're having a lot of aggression and, you know, it's just, it's hard as a parent because you're trying to correct their behaviors, but then you're also trying to understand why they're frustrated. Um, so communication is such an amazing tool that, you know, most typically functioning children are able to use. And it's hard with, if that is a symptom of Mito that your child has when they're just not able to talk and not able to communicate to you, they're wants and needs and um yeah it's it's really difficult you know it's I did before we started this podcast I didn't even think about that um but my memories on Facebook popped up and I'd shared it yesterday but I didn't see what I had written um when I originally made the post and so it popped up again today because people have been commenting on it and then so I saw the full screen and it, it showed what I wrote and it actually goes right along the same lines of communication because, um, Angie, same thing. Like we couldn't, well, it was like, it, we were always guessing it, it, she was little too. So she couldn't speak. Um, she was nonverbal, but she was also 18, 19 months old when the, the, the post I'm talking about, she was 15 months old. But um, she, it was so amazing for those first few things that you knew she was understanding and, and the communication was there. It's just this amazing feeling that you have. You're like, oh my, my nonverbal child, I, this is like, we have our own communication. We have our own way of, of talking to each other. But part of it was she had learned how to like tap. You tell her to tap something and she would tap it or, um, dance like we would stand in the kitchen like okay let's dance and she would wave her arms around and pretend to dance with me uh, I'm pretty sure she was probably mocking me for most 
<laughs> I've seen you two dance. It's pretty cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's that, that communication thing that you almost, when you have a young child with Mido, you almost, you, you let go of all of those ideals that, that you, that's my cat. <laughs> um, talk about communication. He, yeah. Um, <laughs> um but you let go of the, the I, I hate to say it this way, but the normal things that you would expect when you have a child. And so um, when you have those moments of clarity or, or you do get to communicate, the feeling is so much more amazing because, because. <laughs> He's communicating with us. <laughs> you'd like to be on too. he is so cute i love him (laughs) um but but it makes it hard because like you said if they're sick or if um they're feeling sad or mad or upset about something they can't just tell you they can't do it that way they have their own communication and as they're getting older that's harder and harder to understand because that would be hard even for a neurotypical child, like just about to turn 13, like that, that 12 to 13 age is already hard. Um, so I, it, I can't even imagine. I mean, they, even, an, even again, neurotypical child, they don't know what they're feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so you just, this is an added factor. So that's hard. And I'm sorry that you're having to go through all of that. Yeah. And I think too, like what you were saying, one of the things with nonverbal children, whether they have Mido or they don't, there's many children that are nonverbal that don't have Mido, but um, just knowing that they understand so much more than they're able to communicate. Um, And we've had situations with Troy where it's like, oh my gosh, he just completely understood what I said or what I told him to do. Or, you know, when they're watching something, a video or something, and they completely respond and the, you know, the correct way and you're you just you know you have these moments where you're like oh my gosh you know and yeah. I think so many people you know when your child is nonverbal they think oh well you know maybe they don't understand what's going on but really they <laughs> they understand so much more even you know as a parent being around Troy every single day there's things that I'm sure he understands that I, I'm not aware of and it's just because they cannot communicate it's just so difficult to really um, understand what it is that they, they know. Um, and so it's, it's amazing when you see, I know when he was much smaller, but I asked him, you know, Oh, help mama go get your shoes. And Troy, Troy's always been able to scoot around on the ground. Obviously he can't walk, um, on his own, but he completely scooted over and got his shoes when I came back into the room. And I was, you know, it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, that joy. It's just that little thing that you're like, oh, he completely understood what I asked him to do. And he, he actually did it, (laughs) you know? And so there's, you know, there's a lot of things like that, especially now, you know, being um, the age that he is and with school and different things, he's learning so much more. And it's just, it's really amazing to watch when you know, they can't talk, but they are doing and expressing in certain ways that they understand and they are capable of doing so many things. Um, So that's the, you know, and then that's hard as a parent too, because (laughs) you you just, you're, you're trying to figure it out right along with them. And one of the things that Troy does use is he has an AAC device, which is a communication device. He uses his iPad 
and he uses Prolo Quo to go. And so there's, you know, all sorts of symbols and things. And that's, that's been a very interesting tool to use. And he's very quick to learn different things on it, but it is, it is one of those things that definitely takes some time. So if parents are out there <laughs> trying to navigate that, I've been trying to take classes and different things. And he has an amazing speech um, teacher that has really been helping us with that. But that's another way that you can help them to, you know, express different things as, um, that they want or need or how they're feeling. So there's a lot of different things out there, but it's, it's a journey as is everything else. It's a journey. <laughs> It is. And, and they're so smart. Like mm -hmm. I remember Angie, there would be times and I wish I could remember like an exact example, but there would be times where she would do something and I'm like, and then I would feel crummy. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> she's so smart. She knows so much. Am I enough as a mom? Like, am I helping her flourish enough? Am I doing all like the right communication things is she in the right therapies and then your mind goes like a mile a minute oh, like, yeah. am I doing all the things I should be doing is there more and you just try to google and, and search everything you possibly can and we we had just bought her actually the laptop that I'm talking to you on um we had just my stepdad bought it for us because we were going to start introducing communication like apps mm -hmm. so that we can teach her those things and see how far uh, she could go with it. Um, but we just, we just didn't get the opportunity, mm -hmm. but yeah, there's a lot of great tools out there. And, and then I think right now it's also even more difficult because therapy is it in person for a lot of people. And that's such a challenge to do therapy over zoom mm -hmm. or on your own, like, no child wants to listen to their parents all the time. They need that <laughs> person to interject. They need that almost um, like that uh, teacher figure or, or like a, like a cop, you know, like you don't do anything wrong when the cop is talking to you. <laughs> exactly. um, You're on your best behavior. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And they, they try really hard because they want to impress that person and they don't want to impress mom or, no. <laughs> or anything like that. Like that's not cool. And they're just used to you. So that I think has been a, a, a hard thing for a lot of families right now that are not able to do in-person mm -hmm. therapy, you come into your house or going somewhere like that. I can't even imagine. I can't imagine how it would be with Angie. Because I mean, our lives would be, we would be living our life completely different than what we do right now. And she was already tired of me just spending the day with me. So I can't imagine nine months later, she'd probably hate me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know from with Troy, obviously he has um, all his, well, he has PT, OT, speech, and he has a teacher that he sees every day. And his providers are, like I said, so amazing. His teacher is amazing with him. And it, it just, it is very different um, on the computer screen compared to having someone in person. And um, I know that, you know, Troy's been doing this for what, like we said, eight, nine months. And you can just, you can just tell he's, he's over it. He's definitely over it. You know, he wants to see Miss Molly in person. He wants to interact with her. He wants to do his music therapy in person. He wants to, you know, 
it's, yeah, it is difficult. And of course, you know, everybody's doing the best that they can. I mean, my husband's a middle school teacher and he's having to zoom and do all that. And so everybody's doing the best they can, but yeah, it is, it is so different for our kids who receive all these therapies because it's night and day having it in person compared to, um, over zoom. And it is, it's, it's mom doing everything. It's mom <laughs> taking Troy to walk in the walker and it's mom standing him up at the counter and he's over mom. <laughs> mom sits next to him during school the whole entire time. And she's putting her arms up and doing the moves and he's pushing me away going, Nope. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a trying time, but you know, we're also thankful too, that we can even still have this because I mean, Troy can't be in person with, um, so many of his different providers. So we're very thankful that we have Zoom and we can do this, but it is different. It is um, challenging for teachers. I know my husband literally spends three times the amount of time and work um, trying to come up with lessons and make it interesting for his students um, on Zoom than he did in the classroom. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely difficult on so many levels, not just for our kids, but teachers or parents, like it's, it's hard across the board. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it for us in communication. I guess if, if anybody else that is listening or, or watching have any suggestions on communication, um, I know we also at one point, well, when I was trying to do Troy's room, I had bought some buttons for him so that you can record your voice um, and and teach him through the buttons um, to speak for him. So like, like if he wants mom, he can push the mom button or to say good morning, push good morning or things like that. So there's that option too. It's a small fix for like little things around the house. But, um, but if, if you're listening or watching and you have any suggestions on communication that we either didn't talk about or if maybe someone might might not know of, um, please let us know. You can email us at mitopodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. We are the Mito Podcast and YouTube, which this will be up. So if you're watching it, you're already there. <laughs> but that also goes for, for any suggestions on topics that we can talk about. Um, or if you would like to be on the podcast, um, let us know. And we can set up an appointment with you and, and do a recording. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, is that what we call them? Episodes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, just give us a, give us an email or a message and we will be happy to contact you. Thank you for listening. And thank you for watching.